bear with me. I have, I'm like getting over some colds that I contracted probably at school. So, um, yeah, water here, but it's good to be with you all. And I have a lot of, uh, I mean, like, I don't know you, I know some of you, but, um, I just have a great deal of admiration and respect and gratitude to you for being here, whatever, you know, however you may find yourself here tonight. So just know that I'm very grateful that you're here. So, um, Blake, we actually might, no, um, I think there's a, I think maybe toward the end there's a psalm, and maybe we'll just start with that. Just going to see how it worked in, and it'll just work in now. I think it's, yeah, there it is. Uh, has anyone been to Italy? Florence? I don't know. Okay, have you seen the David? Okay. Has, has anyone else seen the David? It was, it was recommended, like, I, I had one day, like, in Florence when I went to Italy, and um, Michelangelo, well, he... He sculpted that, and they, they were like, how did you, well, and, and it was going to go up in, like, the cavity of the cathedral, like, this huge cathedral, along with all the other Old Testament prophets, and then he got done with it, and they're like, that's way too good, that can't go up that high, like, away from people, and so um, it stayed down, and then someone asked him, like, how did you know, like, how did you have that in mind, and he said, like, well, I just chipped away everything that wasn't the David and because it was from a single piece of rock so it's just like crazy and you walk in and like and you know like the crowds are getting more and more and um and then you turn the corner and you see this thing and like obviously you can see there are people so there's people and then he's up on a pedestal but this thing is like 18 feet high it's huge and um as I was like praying with it later in the day this is the psalm that came to mind and so I just thought um yeah, it's just like a beautiful work of art and also appropriate with like reason and the gift of our mind and the gift of nature. So we can just, I'll just read it and you can close your eyes if you want or not and um, we'll just pray together. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O oh Lord, our Lord, how awesome is your name through all the earth. I will sing of your majesty above the heavens with the mouths of babes and infants. You have established a bulwark against your foes to silence enemy and avenger. When I see your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him little less than a god, crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him rule over the works of your hands, put all things at his feet, all sheep and oxen, even beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatever swims the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how awesome is your name through all the earth. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, thanks, Blake. So, uh, yeah, as Blake said, I, am, uh, I teach chemistry down at Norris, which is just south of Lincoln a little bit, and um, a school of about 700, and this is my year 14 teaching, and... I love it, and I get to tell, like, when I start class in the fall, I get to tell my kids that um, if I could teach anything, it would be high school, and it would be chemistry, and so they get someone that loves what they do, and um, so I'm excited to share a little bit of that with you tonight, um, and as Blake said, it'll be, like, partially just some things that I've, like, come to learn and grow with, and then um, wisdom from others, and then we'll have plenty of time just for talking, too, so um, be 
know that you your questions are very welcome and I'm not the person to answer all of them, but we can just chat about it. So, yeah. I'm gonna just, I, I, that second quote there, when you go through them, I'd, I'd like to just make a comment. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, those two quotes up there, um, truth and science, and I, I'm calling it that, I mean, it's always like a faith and science, it's not a faith or science. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think science is beautiful, and I think it can be a wonderful blessing and um, adding to the blessings that God has given us. Um, so I've just been super encouraged by both of these. And, and like when I wrestle with things um, that just like don't make sense or I don't understand or it seems like I'm presented with a hard question, um, I've really found like a, an anchor in both of these. And just that like the promise is a person and it would be a strange God who could be loved better by being known less. And so if, if I ever find myself like <clears throat> dealing with something in science or something in faith that it seems like, oh, these can't be both the same, like they can't both be welcomed, um, I better just like forget, I better just have faith and just kind of forget about whatever science is confusing. Like that can't be the answer because um, God like gave us a mind and we're called to, I guess, like, use it and uh, bless others with it and know him through it. And so um, just always, I'm just super encouraged that everything that, like, I think there's a quote later in the book that says, every new thing learned about God is a reason for loving him. And so um, we can always, like, trust that he's given us a mind to understand him. And then from Galileo, I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who endowed us with sense, reason, and intellect had intended us to forgo their use. So again, if, if ever I like come upon something that's like, well, that doesn't make sense. I just should like trust and believe and I don't, I'm just not really going to dig into that thing because it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, think, I think also it's really important that, you know, like this isn't not just with, you know, faith and science or like moral dilemmas but but just that some things can seem like difficult or like we're, we're on losing ground or this is really dismal until you meet a person that is otherwise you know and and who can like handle the tension and live through it and bring dialogue into it rather than just like yeah I guess you know like that the answer there's still like Christ still prevails you know and you're an important part of that you know to like show up and ask that kind of ask that question or like and just be a witness of who you are too yeah so go ahead Blake thanks so much um this is me and my niece so um but she's she's now three and uh this was on her baptism day um but I, I wanted to bring about a couple of things that um I didn't really realize had like names to them um but more they like felt like something to me and it was like oh, it just like feels bad or feels off and they're called scientism and volunteerism uh bishop Barron gave a great talk that is linked here blake you can if you want to send it out later that his name is a link but um it was at facebook headquarters and among the other things he talked about he talked about both these things and scientism and volunteerism and he said they both undermine the religious argument and so Scientism says that science is the only way that we can know something is true. It is definitely like a way that we can know true things. 
Um, and it doesn't contradict faith, but it's not the only way of knowing something because there are other things to be known. And, and then, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but then voluntarism, and this is what just felt kind of yucky to me, just says that our will is above the intellect. What I decide is true because I decided it. If I believe it, it is true. And, um, and I, I mean, like I myself like recognize this, both of these things in me, like all the time. And I catch myself like, oh yeah, okay. Like that falls under there. And so it's just like a daily discernment in relationships in jobs and just thinking, you know, like to kind of root these out and welcome Christ in. Um, and volunteerism can look like also like whoever speaks the clearest, whoever speaks the loudest, whoever speaks the most often, like with the best marketed thing, like therefore it's true because it's well packaged, put together, loud, and like that's it. So um, it was just a great comfort to me to know that like that is, those things like are not the only mark of something being true. Um, so you can go on, I think. Um, yeah, so science is a tool that we use to discover truths about reality. Um, limited to observing, testing, and predicting the, the physical and natural world. Um, faith is a trust in God's promises. Faith does not contradict science because faith is not opposed to evidence. And so you could go back one. Um, the, the picture of me and my niece, like why I put that up there, um, is because, and Bishop Barron mentions this also, especially in terms of like a relationship, if I know like that Blake respects me and and we have a friendship that can be definitely like marked out by evidence. And, you know, like he asked me politely to come here. He introduced me when we got here. He smiled at me, like he shook my hand, you know, like those kinds of things that he respects me and values me. But, and, and all of that evidence can like lead up to that. But there comes a point where I just like know that he respects me. It's not just like a gut feeling but it's a real knowledge and, and it's because I know a person. And so every, every piece of evidence that's there like squares with the fact that I know that he respects me, but ultimately me knowing that he respects me is like above and beyond the evidence. So it's not just a sum of all the evidence and like I'm just satisfied if I just know all these things, but it's like, no, there's, there's something there and all the evidence supports it, but that relationship is like beyond just facts. And so that can apply to a lot of things. Uh, but that is, that's just one example where kind of like a faith and evidence or faith and reason, they don't necessarily, um, like the, all the evidence doesn't just lead up to like, well, then there's just, you know, like the faith, but the faith is like beyond the reason. No, does that make sense? So there, Bishop Barron says it a lot better with a couple other examples too, but I just found it really helpful in a way of like, they don't have to contradict, but they agree, but they're different. So, thanks. Um, and then we'll go on, I think here. Um, a couple other things I included are just some, uh, I, I suppose some friends along the way. And Pope John Paul and Edith Stein um, have both really helped me a lot. And Pope John Paul says that faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to contemplation of truth. And God has placed in the human heart a desire to know the truth, in a word, to know himself, so that by knowing and loving God, men and women may also come to the fullness of truth about themselves. And 
Pope John Paul, when he, um, he was elected bishop pretty young, and he was friends with, like, as a bishop, then was friends with a bunch of couples who at that time did not have children, um, and they would go on a vacation together every summer. And that continued throughout his papacy. And he, from, like, from him just studying their relationship and friendship, wrote a series of Wednesday audiences that was eventually compiled into the theology of the body and love and responsibility, which is a huge work um, and such a gift. And uh, I, yeah, I would say like he was super on board and a fan of science and everything that that could show us. And he knew that, that like the end of science and the end of evidence and reason was the human person because the end of that is God. And so uh, he's just been a beautiful friend along the way. Go ahead. Thanks. And then uh, Edith Stein, who, um, as it says under her picture there, uh, she was born in what's now Poland, raised Jewish, became an atheist at 14, and uh, converted to Catholicism. There, there's kind of a, a story that she was at a friend's house as, as an atheist, and was really just wrestling with truth. And... Um, was reading, I think, a biography of St. Teresa of Avila at this friend's house and stayed up the entire night and, and said, I have come upon something that cannot be conquered by a sheer force of will. And truth has a name. And, and so that was just very convicting to her. And so um, she eventually, she was actually a professor and she tried to enter like a religious life, but they said, no, like the world needs your academic gift and so she toured around Germany like giving lectures and teaching in philosophy and eventually was a martyr. She did enter the Carmelites and then was a martyr in Auschwitz. But um, yeah, her kind of maxim here says, do not accept anything as the truth if it lacks love and do not accept anything as love which lacks truth. One without the other becomes a destructive lie. And in my life, I've found that like if something is loving, but it just doesn't ring true, or if something is true, but it's just like, it just feels dead, you know, like, um, it's just really important to wait, like, and just to ask, and to ask Jesus to show up and just wait, because they, they will, like, yeah, they, if something is true, then it's also loving, and if something is loving, it's also true, and, um, it, but it's not always apparent at the time, I think. Do you have anything to add? Okay. Thanks. Okay. Uh, one, one thing that I've just found a lot of like relief in sharing with my students is that science is allowed to change its mind. And um, yeah, I think that's just really important. Like that's what science does. You get new evidence, you make a new conclusion. Like it, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of growth. And so uh, we used to think that things were true that now we have evidence it's not. And that is fine. Like that doesn't mean that science is bad, it actually means that it's doing its job if you're refining like conclusions about things. Um, so here are just a couple of examples of ways that we have um, used science to make improvements on either what we think the world is like looks like um, or based on you know delivery of medications or different uh, fuels that were once fine and are now not or different things like that. So there's refining all around. Um, also, well, yeah, just, just this week we started a project and the, it like ends in the students who are 15, 16, and 17 having to like call, find, 
and call someone who's doing research in a selected field, like somewhere around the country, and they're like, you're gonna make us what? You know, like, and yeah, very nervous. You understand yes. teaching high school. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it's great. And we give them a template, and like, they're not like cold calling, like super nervous, but um, we really, I want to connect with them, like science is a human endeavor, and these are people holed up in little like labs in, you know, University of Kentucky or University of Madison and, and trying to be under someone's umbrella that's a bigger job and, but it all like is for the improvement of society, hopefully. So um, we just started that and they're, so they're diving in and it's been really fun to just keep in mind that always like every number was collected by, well, that's not probably true, but like every number was collected by a person or made by a computer system that was made by a person. Um, but you know, like all the data means something and feels like something. So even numbers and that kind of stuff is, is like very human and it's important to, yeah, to keep the human person in mind. Okay, go ahead, Blake, thanks. Uh, these are a few of the people that I have had the pleasure of working with. Um, all at the University of Nebraska. Uh, I think a couple of them have since moved on to other places, but uh, they all just did really cool things. And uh, the lady in the top left, she, I had to go out for a summer in Wood River, Nebraska. Anyone? Wood River, okay. Uh, very small, and I drove, that was my first time driving a truck, it was great. Uh, and I caught bugs, so I, I would just like go through the field and like sweep for bugs and then like shake it down, put it in a bag, freeze it. It's very not glamorous, but it was cool. She, she planted native grasses, and then I had to catch the bugs because she was trying to get data of like what kind of bugs are here. Native grasses are better for Nebraska soil because they're just normal for our land. And so she was trying to like do this study where to encourage farmers to plant native grasses in between rows of corn because that would be better for the soil. But they were like, well, if you make me do that, I better know what kind of like bugs are gonna come. And so yours truly went and caught the bugs and documented them. Um, and then the top right, this, he helped me decide that I wanted to become a teacher. He was one of many. Um, and I worked in his lab and we had lots of conversations about teaching and science. And he developed a, something you can add to ice cream that helps lower cholesterol, which is kind of cool. And yeah. Yeah, to ice cream. Or like, it was like kind of creamy. So ice cream was a good like sneaky way to put it in. Yeah, which is kind of ironic because it's no, cholesterol. It's like really bad, bad for you. For you. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but <laughs> like, now it's not as bad. Yeah. Um, and then the bottom one, he is still working at UNL. So you may, um, I don't know, you can look him up. But he has traveled to Antarctica like 18 times and Pretty, done some pretty cool work. Um, there's a lot of ice there, and the ice got laid down like thousands of years ago. And so he like drills down into the ice, and then like drills it up, and then analyzes the air, like little bubbles of air, to see what the, the air was like like thousands of years ago. Just like super cool. Um, anyway, so that that's just those are just three people, and that's all in town here, and. Um, but those people, more than like just the research, I, I mean, I enjoyed my experience because of the people there. So um, yeah, and this, this quote here is, is just a good encouragement and hope and like prayer for those who are in science and medicine and engineering. And uh, science, scientists, pre precisely because they know more, are called to serve more. 
Since the freedom they enjoy in research gives them access to specialized knowledge, they have the responsibility of using that knowledge wisely for the benefit of the entire human family. So I can continue to pray for them. Okay, thanks, Blake. Okay, this is what I was really excited about. So I was like, well, this is how I teach is like very interactive and it's not usually this long of me talking. Um, so uh, last, I don't know, this was, I think last year, I went on a run with my neighbor and we stretched afterward and she was a lot better at stretching than I was. And by better, I mean that she did it. So that was good. Um, so, so we were talking about stretching and, and like, you know, I was like 20 seconds done. She's like still going like, oh yeah, okay, I'll just keep stretching. Uh, but it was amazing because I like, I was thinking about the difference between like a 20 second stretch and like a two minute stretch. And when you do that, like you access just different muscles and like you start to relax in a different way and kind of become more comfortable. So we're kind of going to like do that, but with data, which sounds really boring, but um, it's kind of fun. And uh, someone at the university also passed along this technique to me and like my students and I could spend like 20 minutes looking at this and what we the two questions that we ask um, are what do you notice and what do you wonder okay? and so we're first only going to do like what do you notice you're going to do this okay and um, you, you'll just start out and you'll just say like I notice okay? and it can be something like very simple or very complex. These are really small numbers, so people in the back might only be able to notice the color, which is fine. Okay. So whenever you're ready, you can just say, like, I notice something. I notice four orange squares. Great, thank you. I notice the average for the year in 2021 is the highest out of all of these. Okay. So what she said, it takes a little bit of work to be like, okay, where is she looking here, right? So I think it's here. Is that right? Okay. The average temperature for 2021, 58.4, is the highest of all the years. What else do you notice? Just noticing. I noticed she used uh, green arrows for increasing temperature and red arrows for decreasing. Okay. So every number has some sort of arrow by it, and green is higher and red is lower. What else? I noticed there's a lot of data missing for 2007 and some in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. What else? I noticed that the chart goes from 2007 to 2020. Very good, yes. We always, have, we always like say, yes, just notice the axis, right? It's good. What else? Oh, I was wrong. The average, oh, never mind. I was noticing, okay, I'm noticing that this row means the average temperature for a month, January or February. Okay. I was noticing that Yeah. <laughs> Good. What else do you notice? Market the location. Okay, great. I noticed that there's asterisks by some of the numbers, but not all of them. I noticed that Blake has a computer right in front of his I mean, face. And then his face. <laughs> I noticed August is not a date. Uh, oh, this? Mm -hmm. I think it's average. I know. Yeah. 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 I know. It's very hard to read. I do also notice that the 
year average for 2007 is blue and the rest of the years through 2021 are yellow. Mm-hmm. What I else? I first wondered if it was in Fahrenheit or Celsius. Mm. Great. Some of them yeah. don't even have arrows. She noticed some don't even have arrows at all. August of 2016. Yeah, 19 and okay. So some of them don't have any arrows. Does that mean it's like on point? Um, you can ask that in a little bit when oh. we wonder. <laughs> okay. Right. What else do you notice? Like it can be very simple or very complex. Um, 2008 has all decreasing temperatures. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he is wondering. Yeah, so he notices that all the 2008 have down arrows, decreasing temperatures. color coded to represent the information in a certain way and draw attention. Yeah, so this is color coded in a certain way to draw our attention to something. Nineteen point four is white in both February of 2021. January of 2010, it's also the lowest number on the whole graph. 19.4 is white, like the text is white, and it's the lowest temperature on the whole graph. Okay. What else? It says mean and average, but it doesn't make a distinction as to which one is actually going to be used for the number. Oh, yeah. Like the, te the title says mean temperatures, and then there's averages on, yeah, what kind of average, right? What else? I notice it takes longer to warm up in the spring than to, or longer to cool down in the fall than to. No. I think the first one. In the spring, yeah. than it does mm -hmm. to cool down mm -hmm. in the fall. This doesn't say that it's mm -hmm. here. She noticed it doesn't say it's air temperatures. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, this could be like some completely <laughs> obscure <laughs> graph. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, let's switch to what do you wonder? So you just say, I wonder blank. You wonder what? If we're dealing with air temperatures. I wonder if we're dealing with air temperatures. What else? What? Okay, yeah, what location is this dealing with? Yeah, who compiled it? Is why that you? Okay. What'd you say? Why yeah, why is there asterisks, asterisks? Asterisks, plural? How it correlates with other means if there are other. Like, let's say this is Nebraska. Yeah, if this then, is one sample point or one point among many other. Mm hmm. Correlation. Mm -hmm. Oh, are you wondering like within the month or within like Nebraska to like sure. Iowa? Both. Okay. Okay. I wonder what the different colors stand for. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or numbers. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or just, yeah, numbers. Others? What else do you wonder? Wonder if this is science or if this is mathematics. Meaning, like, if it measured something? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I wonder what it looks like, like compared to earlier years. Like if we could extend it down. I wonder if anybody else noticed anything. <laughs> like in this room? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, some people are very quiet. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are talking about air temperatures. August seems awful cool. Because it gets really hot now. Uh-huh. How is that average? Yeah. I don't think it's air temperature. That's true. Yeah, That's right. It might not be Nebraska. Yep. It could be my temperature. I wonder, because, mm-hmm. well, at least I maybe notice, wonder now, <laughs> if it's the average, like, high to low. Yeah. Because if you're not talking average high, Right. That's a little bit different if you're considering in the evening time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, this is maybe not what you expected to come here and do tonight. Um, but the uh, the reason that I wanted to do it with you is just because for me it's been really powerful to notice how, like this, we just spent you know eight minutes looking at data. And I think that sometimes, like, I don't know, people build, someone built this graph. Someone decided when should it be yellow, when should it be blue? Why should we have green arrows? Why should we have red? They're like, as you said, trying to tell a story, maybe. Um, but, but that I think it's really important to just not, not let numbers, like, just sway you one way or the other, but to ask questions about them. And to remember that someone built this and someone measured it and there like there's error and decisions that go into it. And that, you know, like I think it is I think it was air temperature. I can't remember if it was Nebraska, but yeah, um I if think I remember it was Nebraska air yeah, temperatures. I think so. Um but yeah, just as an encouragement, I suppose to like there's graphs and stuff all over the place, you know, like um on the internet, in the newspaper, um grocery stores just everywhere and so um I think it's as far as like science and things that are measured or that face value might be one thing like it's just a lot more interesting to ask questions about it than it is to just be swayed and like move on um and so that's that's one hope that I would have for my students and I suppose you as well but uh it's it's important and like to open up conversation rather than just Think like you could be like, oh, wow, like say one thing about it and then just move on, you know, rather than asking questions about it. So, yeah. Uh, okay, we have a couple more of, um, we got, let's do a different one. I think we'll go here. Okay. So what are some things, um, this is how Nebraska generated electricity from 2001 to 2017. So it's already five years out of date, but this is what we had. What are some things you notice? Hi, in case you're like wondering, coal, nuclear, the darker blue is wind, the lighter watercolor is hydroelectric, and then Mm -hmm. I can't see the orange run. It's It's not labeled. That was so, so like somewhere. It could, it could be. Trained squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> they, my students were offering like 
alternative energy, and they're like, humans. And I was like, okay, I don't think, yeah, I'm like, just like cranking it. It's like, okay, that, that's an option. Or the matrix. Yeah. yeah. I mean, plug them right. in. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so what, do you, what are some things you notice? I notice coal is the Wind increased toward the, the latter years in, mm -hmm. in figure that out earlier and I wondered if it was like that if you add these together like the, the blue and the blue that are overlapping like if they still add to 100 I was also I yeah. think I can't get past that so. <laughs> I noticed the white spaces but then between nuclear and coal it's yellow space oh yeah I know oh, I think it's white up close that's very weird it looks yellow back here yeah. and white up close yeah it looks really yellow hmm. Um, what do you wonder? We use a national grid. So this isn't telling us how much we used or what we used, or even if we used it at all and if it wasn't exported. Yeah, so that this is what we generated. Right. Right. Yep. Great. So, yeah, what versus what we consume. We don't know who it got farmed out to or if we kept it here. I mm -hmm. wonder with whether it's an increase or decrease. It's what's the reason or reasons behind any and all increase or decreases? Right. Like, why did why did we have was an increase a or a decrease? Situation in the town was it a statewide issue? Mm -hmm. Was mm -hmm. it just windy or at <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, we reported all call. Uh huh. Great. Yeah. Uh, another thing that comes out with this kind of exercise is like at least every time I do it, someone says something that I didn't think of. And so I think it's just a really nice exercise. Like I am not the only person that notices and wonders things or that has good ideas. You know, like it's just, it's just good to like kind of be a part of something that is bigger. So, um, okay. Can you go to the next one? <laughs> oh, it was natural gas. That was the yellow. There we go. Okay, so this is Virginia. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's just let's just do like a, a few noticings just to get our bearings, and then we'll go to wondering. Lots of crossing. It's an ex. I want. Or I noticed it's an expanded time frame. We oh yeah, this is. That's right. Is yeah. That was because I forgot to, to, to correct the Nebraska one. Oh. So. Humans behind science. There we go. I noticed that the uh, coal and natural gas are almost inverse relationships of each other. Oh, cool. So if you followed like the black coal versus natural gas, they're inverse relationships. 
There's a new pink. Um, you can be frustrated about that. So so There's new what? The pink. That the was pink. not the previous one. Yeah. It's not labeled. It's not labeled. Oh, this is this gray one is biomass. Yeah. I think the pink was blue. Oh, was the pink Wait, what was? Did we even have pink? Go to the next. There might be another one. Nope. All right, go back. Okay. I've noticed that in the top right-hand corner, there's the United States very lightly. Oh yeah. You've got the like state highlighted in a darker color on this map and the previous map and the future map could play to it just a minute. Okay, what do you wonder? What is biomass? What is biomass? <laughs> Great. What else? Why cold decreased? Yep. If people working in coal mines are now working in gas fields. Mm. I wonder the same thing about the railroad. Yeah. So like jobs, right? right? Yeah. Like are the same people that used to be adept at this now trained for that? Mm -hmm. I wonder if um, the natural gas increase shows the impact of fracking. Mm -hmm. Is this to be about in 2000? Mm -hmm. Political study, economic study. Yeah, what's the or like, what? Why did they collect the data? Yeah. Yeah. Great. I wonder why nuclear power became more popular. Um, if you can use the word popular in the middle between coal and natural gas. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if nuclear was more popular due to political <laughs> the offices mm -hmm. that were. And I wonder how they did that. That seems like a dramatic turnaround for nuclear power in mm -hmm. the course of six years. Yeah, but, well, even like, yeah, right here, 08, all the way to just 09, like one year that it went from yeah. here. I, well, although it's, I mean, it's I so wonder huge. if we're misinterpreting it's, that. It's also, yeah, that's true. In other words, uh, if you look at the size of the nuclear in all three sections, there's about the same. That's so true. I'm wondering if it was just a way of displaying it as opposed to uh -huh. it being more popular or whatever. And I, I think that at the t anything that's on top is the biggest majority, but it does make it seem like it jumped a lot, whereas it could have just jumped by like 3%. Well, and it's just bigger than any of these, so mm -hmm. it's the biggest one. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we compare it to consumption. Like my head's just thinking, okay, well, if there's deep use in these things, did Virginia use less power that year? Which right. would increase the nuclear piece of the pie. Yeah. There was a, a like a little, par there's a paragraph under every one of these states, and one of them was like, um, I don't it wasn't for Virginia, but they were saying that like, even though, you know, how you have this graph, but overall Virginia used less electricity over this whole time period. So they may be farming it out, as, as you said, or it may not be the total same amount of electricity, but the percentages are just that type. It's just like there's a, like the graph is cool, pretty, you know, but like there's a lot into it, you know? And some of your, I mean, if you have like a financial or um, like historical or political like interest, you can kind of go at this a lot of different ways, so. Yeah, I wonder if a scientist actually did this, because a scientist would have made more linear, Maybe, maybe, yeah. Unless they're trying to just make it a little bit more interesting. Or <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is essentially a sociological representation. 
And how so? This is like, human beings generating electricity. That's what this representation is. Yeah. As opposed companies, to? Companies building things. Companies, oh, sure. It goes all the way down to how much they pay people on a Thursday afternoon and if they have Fridays off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you could see a shift in this kind of thing if, say, for instance, people did shift their job responsibilities and there uh -huh. were more job opportunities in natural gas and they were paying better. Uh-huh. Or there was a strike and, like, and a major reorganization after that or something. Or some guy right. who's a billionaire sold off one micro company that he had to another billionaire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Like, there's, there's people and decisions behind all of this, you know. So, yeah. This Which is just cool to, yeah. Represented. Mm-hmm. And then, and then also super connected to our resources and then yeah. communicating them. You know, like it's just, it's kind of just cool to see and like to ask questions about it rather than just be like, oh, wow, natural gas is the most of what we use. You know, like it can just blossom into a lot of other interesting things. Has EPA standards changed? Uh -huh. Access for clean coal may not be prevalent. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just yesterday there was an article, I think, that South Dakota, like, the highest of, kind of electricity just surpassed to wind. Yeah, wind. I think it had been hydroelectric, but they just, I, can you go to the next? Yeah, so, so this is old. This is 2019, but then wind in the last three years has jumped, like, the, the dark blue has jumped higher than the hydroelectric in the past couple years so mm -hmm. yeah it is it is just interesting the water? yeah Missouri, the Missouri river. river okay yeah. they have five hydroelectric dams in South Dakota mm -hmm. you all have to excuse me I'm not from yeah. this area no it's probably the largest concentration of hydroelectric dams in the country yeah. right right from Bismarck North Dakota down to Sioux City mm -hmm. oh, wow. Iowa okay yeah. they're cool if you ever get to go See, I mean, I think they're cool, but I'm like... <laughs> there are great lakes and stuff that are fishing. Yeah. You know, yeah. For fishing? Mm -hmm. Probably because there's so many dams. <laughs> 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 but even in, like, in the middle of the state. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, so just to encourage you, like, it's just a lot more fun if you to kind of relax into the data and not just, like, start jumping at, you know, this, that, or the other, but just keep it open and keep wondering. Um, you just learn a lot more, and it's just a lot more interesting that way, and then than just kind of letting numbers dictate to you and like sway you one way or the other. So, yeah. Um, okay, I think. Oh yes. Okay. This might bring like, I don't know. Yes, terrible memories. Yes, seeing this like, oh god, I never thought I'd see this again. Like, um, okay, so we did like a conversion problem, and then the question was how many atoms are in one speck of powdered sugar. So they like guessed beforehand, and then we did kind of a pretty good. I mean, I think it's a pretty good estimate, and um, you know, found out that it was a very large amount of atoms in a speck of sugar. But it was cool. Like, uh, it, it struck me that like every single one of these steps, it's saying that there's like. This many grams in a mole, good job if you know what that is. Uh, a mole has this many molecules and a molecule has, this molecule has 45 mm -hmm. atoms. Um, just like every step of that was someone's lifetime of work. You know?
it's pretty cool. Like, and, and it's neat to think of numbers in that way or like facts that we know. Even determining that a foot is 12 inches, like someone decided that one time, you know? So it's just kind of neat to start thinking about it like that. Measure, wonder if they measured someone else's foot. Yeah. yeah. If they had done that, would have been nine inches long yeah. as opposed to 12. Or would an inch have been shorter? Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, yeah, and I think it's also important, like, at least for me, I've I mean, been thinking about this this week just in terms of, like, lots of other areas. But, um, you know, like, we talked about how small the atom was. And there was this kid. This is now 10 years ago. And he was sitting there and he's like, no, no. Like, I'm just like, there's no way it's that small. How do they even know this? I can't, they can't even see it. How do they even know it? No. And I was like, and he, I could tell he was just kind of getting like angry. And I said, Dylan, do you want me to answer your question? Like, I will if you want, but if you don't want to, like, I will not answer. And he goes, no, I don't want you to. It's like, fine. And so I didn't. And it was, and then later on we like, we were doing something else and I went and talked with him and we like chatted and just, and he's like, well, I believe in God. I'm like, I was like, me too. And I was like, you know, <laughs> just like, and so I think for him, it was just this, like, if I can't see something, how do I know that it's real? And so, um, you know, we, there's lots of things we can't see that are real, like magnetism. Like you can't see it, you feel it. Uh, or the wind, like you can't see the wind. You can see the wind moving things, but you can't actually see it. And so there's lots of things that we can't see that we can still know. And like, I know that Blake respects me. Like, how do I know it? Well, I know because that's a way of knowing, like not just because I like want him to. Um, And so there's lots of things to know and ways to know it. And I think it's important to just like be reflective of like, do I want to know? Or is there something else going on? You know, if I'm like, well, how do you even know this? Or, you know, like I could answer that question, but he was really struggling with like, is this going to start to contradict my faith that I hold very dearly? That is what he was like hanging on to. And so for me even like to just recognize, like if I'm really upset about something and I might be like complaining and someone tries to offer an answer, but I like not open to that, you know, which that happens. And it's like, what's actually going on? Is it, do I really want to know or is there something else going on? And so, um, yeah, I, I suppose just an encouragement to like pay attention to that. And it's been helpful for me. Um, did Dylan yeah. become more engaged in class after that? Oh, he did, he was fine, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, well, and, and I, I told him and I was like, and I think we did, I think we did chat about that and I like explained to him and showed him some like, yeah, cool evidence that kind of just talks about things that are smaller than what we can see and he was totally open to it but he just needed to know that I wasn't going to try to like derail his mm. his faith which like and wasn't going to try to like butt heads against it yeah mm-hmm. yep so it's just very like very comforting that truth will not contradict faith like if God gave us both they will not contradict and so if they seem to contradict like I must not understand one or both of them well enough but they do not contradict. And, um, and science doesn't, for sure, like it, it can help us observe things, but it doesn't tell us what to do or what's right. It just helps us see what's going on. In fact, with the science can change, science can, just because it says one thing, it continues to adapt to whatever that slide was. Oh, yeah. Like, but that's super helpful with respect to think of you know, 
Thomas Aquinas, Augustine, and all these things. He said were, Aquinas. He, he, he said we can't say that at all tonight. But like, oh, I didn't. No, that's fine. <laughs> it was a stipulation from the back of the He's making in a very systematic theological approach what the church believes. Is he perfect in everything? No, but he's going based on what the world, science, and everything. Mm -hmm. And if he had the knowledge that we have now, then he would be able to. So just showing with the truth mm -hmm. cannot contradict faith, and faith can't contradict truth, and does the church contradict itself then on certain teachings and stuff? No, because science continues to right. improve. The church literally can't contradict itself with the greatest mysteries right. because just simply we haven't acknowledged it or found it yet, so it's always an ongoing... There's a continued question. Yeah, because truth, yeah. faith and reason and science, they all go mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. so. And like, and, and it'd be like, oh, so you're saying Aquinas was wrong? Like, yes, he was, yeah, like, about this thing. You know, like, he's a saint. Like, he's not yeah. a... He's not exactly. God, you know, yeah. like, and I mean, it's beautiful and good and true and like revealing to us about God. But if, yep. if something was wrong, then it's like, or incorrect and it's incorrect yep. and that's okay. Yeah. So I think it's super important for people that try to, mm -hmm. oh, the church is wrong and this and this and like, okay, well, what was the context? Mm -hmm. like, you know, we're always mm -hmm. continuing, but they all work together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I really... Okay. Uh, we can go on and I think, um... Yeah, this, I suppose, is just something that's related to kind of to Dylan's question or just a reflection of like, do I want to know or is something else going on? Um, Jesus answered, for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said, what is truth? And Jesus said um, in a different scripture, but I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So, um yeah, just remembering that truth is a person and it's not just some like abstract thing like to prove and know, like it's a person. So it's pretty helpful. Um, I, think, I think that wraps up my sharing here and I'd be grateful to either field or entertain or facilitate questions if you want or if you guys, I don't know if you have other things to move on to, but nope. yeah. Questions, yeah, I would I would love to know like how you know where this strikes you or things you notice or Thank you for listening to this great content from St. Peter Catholic Church. For more content, for other talks, for more information, please visit St. Peter Catholic Church, Lincoln, Nebraska on Apple iTunes or on Podbean and our parish website, St. Peter Lincoln. God bless you.